We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the week eight edition of the Pro Football Focus Fantasy Show here on Roto Grinders. Apologies for those of you watching live. We had a little bit of a mic issue, but that has been fixed here with my man, uh, Ian from PFF. Ian, uh, this the season's going to be almost half over after this. Say it ain't so, Weezer, right? Like, I, I love football, I love the props, I love fantasy. Uh, it's just, it's the best sport to play. At least for my new schedule, as uh, you know, what do I have a five month old baby? Because you got the whole week to do whatever you want on it. The daily stuff can be a little tough, but what's going on, dude? Hey, man, halfway home. We got another half coming up, though. So, always a great day to be great, Britt. You know that. Nice, uh, nice little week last week. I had to, uh, you know, sacrifice the prop success for some ATS, but had uh, some good picks there. Hopefully, got more on the way. Yeah, we got, uh, I, I was looking through some of your picks pre show. I'm on all of them personally, so this is going to be a good week for uh, the show here. Uh, but as usual, uh, let's get into – oh, by the way, Mr. Producer, you got the Blitz show up. Let's change the graphic on that one. Let's get the right show up uh, for the people. If you can uh, flip a couple buttons midstream, let's get into the Mismatch Manifesto. This is an article that Ian does on Pro Football Focus each and every week. And Ian, I, I wanted to tell you pre-show. They, me- they messed up your editing this week. Look what they got for the explosive plays. They got the EPA for play. We got to get this switched. You're going to have to bring it up on your end for the people. But this is a great article Ian does every week showing the uh, best mismatches throughout offensive line, passers, um, EPA, all that sort of fun stuff. Ian, what's going on this week? I tried to read the explosive plays. It's not there. You're going to have to give this the only way people can get it this week. It, I still tweet them all out for it. So the people, people still have it. I have messaged my editors and they will get there. So thank you to the editors for putting up with those seven articles per week that we always got to get on the plate. I do have the numbers up in front of me though. And so far in terms of just passing offensive uh, explosive pass play success, Titans are popping as a real solid squad. The Saints and the Eagles also up there, even the Lions as well. So I know it's been a while with Detroit since we see an offensive explosion, six freaking points in their last eight quarters of football. With that said, if we get a Monroe St. Brown out of the concussion protocol, which he should because he wasn't actually concussed, but we're also still keeping him in the protocol because I have no idea what's going on nowadays with the NFL and concussions. But that said, he should be fine and free from Xavier Howard in the friendly confines of the slot. So Monroe St. Brown, man, everyone's getting like, oh, can we go back and trust him? Like he's gotten hurt and he is going to seemingly be healthy enough to suit up on Sunday. So let's not forget the freaking eight, nine straight games he had as a legit wide receiver one. Yeah, I, I pulled this up for the people too. I went to your Twitter so they can see it uh, live on the screen here. What else is really standing out in terms of explosive run rate? So I want to Kenneth Walker. He's going to be on props in a little bit. Uh, I, I put uh, 50 smackers on him to be the leading rusher last week, Ian, at plus 2,500. And let me tell you, the account was looking pretty good at the end of that. Uh, it looks like this dude, it, he hits like two, th- two yards, three yards. Then he busts off a big one. It's against the Giants. This dude's going nuclear again this week. 
Yeah, my Twitter mentions were on fire for most of Sunday after, you know, you drop down from a helicopter and say Michael Gallup's going to have a big game and then he goose eggs. That, that's that's kind of bound to happen out there, Britt. But there was one nice message in between from someone who was paying attention to the chart and said that they also have bet to Kenneth Walker uh, leading the week in rushing yards. So great call there. And once again, he's looking just set up well against the Giants. Not that New York has had this terrible run defense, but it's honestly just Kenneth Walker and that Seattle O-line just really being beasts here over the past several weeks. So wouldn't it be surprised? If that keeps on keeping on, uh, should have some Brown success on Monday night. Obviously, we're looking a little more main slate, though. So Raiders and Josh Jacobs, he's another one that we're probably going to continue to force into those cash game lineups. I guess the only other interesting one could be the New York Jets. I just don't really have a good feel for how they're going to be breaking down this backfield. I would think Michael Carter should be uh, the de facto lead one. We kind of got that report about James Robinson not being super involved in his first game out there. So Michael Carter, as as a home slight dog, but not exactly a game that would shock us if the Jets are able to do something. I don't think uh, Zach Wilson's going to be asked to throw the ball that many times against Bill Belichick's defense. So Michael Carter could you could imagine. I think that had something to do with Brees Hall. Brees Hall looked absolutely electric on the field. I mean, sad, look, sad to see him go down. He, he was doing really. He was playing really well. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but there was a little bit like, okay, man, he runs a 60 yards untouched through a wide gaping hole. There's a little bit of that going on. Britt. It reminds me of weeks one through three when James RB one son was back and he was just running through these big holes. And you know, look what happened. All right, uh, let's go back to your article. I have the rest of it pulled up here over on PFF. Let's look at pace, more snaps, more fantasy points. Generally, less snaps. Well, it's fixed now, Britt. If you refresh. Oh. It. <laughs> Look at that. You got your people. Uh, our Roto Grinders editors are pretty good, but the PFF guys, you got to give them a raise. Well, I don't know. Is it a raise after that, or is it a raise for fixing it so quickly? It all equals out on the we end. We all make mistakes, Britt. It's about how we, <laughs> it's about how we pick ourselves back up. <laughs> it's true. Uh, all right, let's talk about pace. What are the fast-paced games this week? What are a couple games that might be a little slower than people might be? Pretty slow week overall. Like, that's why we usually we have some numbers in kind of the higher mid-50s. This week, the fastest games are still a combined 60 seconds or more uh, with their situation neutral pace. So really, the Bears and Cowboys are the one popping up a little bit. I just – I have a, such a hard time seeing this Bears defense – I'm sorry, the Bears offense doing much of anything against Michael Parsons and company. But maybe that could be a sign for Dallas Cowboys in this passing game having a bit more volume than we're used to. That's that's going to be the GPP play this week, Britt. I mean, just to get right into it, Zico Elliott probably going to be out. Everyone and their mother is going to be playing Tony Pollard. Like this dude's ownership is going to be what fifty percent in like the Millie Maker. So let's go to Dak, CD Lamb, Michael Gallup. Get behind that passing game because I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see the Cowboys embrace the run in the same way, only having Pollard out there. So not afraid at all of that matchup. Also Steelers and Eagles. I think we were all well aware that the Eagles are going to be putting up some points in this one. If we can actually nail the bring back, whether that's Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryermuth, or George Pickens, could be a nice little game stack situation. Yeah, what, I'm going to go bet that Eagles first half line because they slow they slow it down in the second half. Maybe I'll go bet that uh, Eagles first half every line. week. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, all right, let's look at pressure. You want your quarterback to have clean pockets. Uh, you don't want him throwing, you know, when he's being run all over the field. Uh, looks like Justin Fields in for a world of hurt. That's good for the one prop I'm going to talk about in just a little bit. But what, what else is – no one's playing Justin Fields in, in DFS or anything like that generally. Uh, what Cowboys. quarterback should have a lot of time to throw? Cowboys 4K defense, though, if you want to get crazy. Yep. They had a nice uh, showing last week um, as well. Eagles, Jalen Hurts should have all day to throw. Jimmy Garoppolo. This could be an uh, interesting situation, too, because we're going to have Debo Samuel, I think, missing this one. He hasn't practiced all week with that hamstring injury. So it's one of those offenses where when everyone's healthy, yeah, it's tough to get enough volume really to go around. But George Kittle still priced under 6K. Brandon Ayuk could have a nice bump. Hey, it's a week where Christian McCaffrey isn't going to be chalked at all even though at this point he should be back to his full workload so there's so much value i think in that five six k range this week that going with the rags and riches approach in tournaments might be the move here and i think someone like getting up to christian mccaffrey with jimmy garoppolo seemingly having plenty of time to get through his progressions could be a nice move there um in addition to justin fields matthew stafford and ryan Tannehill, not look like they're gonna have too many clean pockets this week yeah what's that matt stafford in prop app uh, just just go click that yeah. Receive money He's into it's like a it's like a the highest interest savings account possible is the Matt Stafford uh, interception prop every week it just keeps paying off uh, all the time. Let's keep moving on to yards before contact again. Uh, Kenneth Walker looking like an absolute beast this week. Uh, it, there, it's going to be interesting when we get to the DFS portion of the show because there are 
so many of these underpriced running backs that we don't need the Saquons. We don't need the CMCs or the Derrick Henrys. There, there's just a bajillion this week in that mid-tier. But other than Kenneth Walker, what are some other offenses maybe we can look to from, from the running back position? Yeah, with uh, the, the Detroit Lions are really popping. Their offensive line hasn't been the best in pass protection this year, but they have done a good job opening up those rushing lanes. Seemingly going to have a returning DeAndre Swift for him to be able to practice in full this week has been huge. And before he got hurt, man, we all know what he can do as a receiver. It was a little more questionable as a rusher. I believe he's still at like 8.3 yards per carry. So DeAndre Swift coming back, he's priced at like, I think at 6.8K. So I think a lot of people are going to want to just go a little bit lower to your Kenneth Walkers and stuff because they probably should be projected more. But especially in tournaments on a full PPR site like DraftKings. I love trying to be a week early on DeAndre Swift. Same thing with the Jets popping a little bit and obviously Saquon Barkley set up well against the Seahawks defense that, again, the way they play, cover four a lot, they just kind of invite a lot of these dump downs. That's why Austin Eckler had such a big game last week. So Saquon Barkley, hey, we haven't gotten a huge eruption week all that recently. Another guy where, you know, McCaffrey, Barkley, if you want to differentiate those lineups a little bit, I know we don't need to pay up for it and we're not going to in cash, but in tournaments, Saquon could be looking at an eruption week and that'd be a nice uh, pivot just off the other side of the ball what Kenneth Walker expected to go off yeah Barkley just what a, a touchdown one touch away from massive weeks almost every week he's yeah. been very steady and another guy no one's going to use probably more from a tournament perspective but uh will be interesting at the running back position with so much ownership going to Tony Pollard uh all right combined yards for drop back quarterbacks chucking the ball down the field or at least dumping it off and letting Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill go <laughs> berserk what else are we looking at this week other than Mr. Tua? Hey, whatever works, man. But yeah, Tua popping all over the place. And even, even when Tua was out with Teddy and Skylar Thompson, those guys are putting up pretty decent numbers in their own right as well. Andy Dalton and the Saints, low-key, have you know been a pretty solid offense this year. Chris Olave, top 10 in the NFL in receiving yards. Don't be afraid to go back to that well. And even Alvin Kamara as well. I'll be talking about him more in a bit when we get to those props. But I do think this Raiders-Saints game, they don't have the best pace in the world, but the offenses could have enough efficiency to be able to have some big afternoons on both sides of the ball. Um, yeah, elsewhere, pretty even, uh, pretty even, even keel. All right, let's go to the EPA per play. I always like looking at this from the sports betting perspective. Uh, you could make a couple other inferences if you're a DFS player as well. What are we looking at here? Any dogs that we might want to be looking at to take the spread on or bet the money line outright? I think the Cardinals over the Vikings is an interesting one. The Vikings are five and one, but you kind of take a look at their schedule and the games like they've been playing, and it really hasn't been all that pretty. So coming off a of bye, they are home. That said, it has moved all the way to that three and a half number. So I do like it if it is going to be able to stay, you know, over three. Also got the Saints plus one. Raiders are one of those teams where three weeks of the year they've looked pretty damn good and the other four not so much. So I don't think the Saints necessarily deserve the benefit of the doubt, but just by virtue of being a home dog, it makes you wonder. Then also Washington, this actually pointed out last week that Washington, you know, it, it gave us the nice little idea to take them over the Packers. But this week on the road, but they're facing three. I mean, come on, three-point dogs to Sam Ellinger. Like if you if you just only knew that, I think that would be enough reason to take Washington, not even worrying about what they have. But that one's awfully close. That said, I don't know how this Colts team continues to get the benefit of the doubt. Like Matt Ryan is not the only problem there. That offensive line reputation and Quentin Nelson be damned, man. They've been a bottom five unit pass blocking and run blocking this year. That's why Taylor hasn't had that big of a season. The defense, Stefan Gilmore's had a nice year, but they haven't exactly been overpowering people you know Shaquille Leonard now coming back from that injury I don't think it's quite been the same so hey it's not a terrible team but that said I don't think Washington is either and the fact that again they're getting three points against a guy making his first start uh I I, I do not agree with that all right um, I've got a player on that Colts team ready to hit the prop over on his rushing yards we'll get to that in just a little bit it, honestly it's it seems too good to be true the line that the sportsbook has set uh, so I will uh, I will get to that one in just a little bit. But anyway, that is Ian's uh, mismatch manifesto. You can read that over on PFF along with, uh, I don't know, I counted like 40 articles like the past two days and it popped up over there. It's just nonstop fantasy betting, all sorts of stuff. You're looking to subscribe to something either for entertainment or using the stuff for actual uh, sports betting or DFS content like I do. One of the best possible spots for you to spend your dollar. Uh, all right. Let's get to the props. Uh, Ian, I'm having a pretty good overall season. I'm gonna I'm gonna tout myself and you can talk about yourself in a little bit. So on the prop <laughs> the props this year, the show, me personally, I'm 11 and five. On the spread picks, I'm six and four, but I have three ties. 
I think that ends up being a positive record on that. Three ties is pretty stupid, but whatever. I'll take those. And then uh, at least from the cash game perspective, I'm in a pretty good week. We generally talk DraftKings, five and two, a couple of small losses, a lot of big wins in there too. So it's been a pretty good season for me so far. A uh, couple of – let's go to the spreads and the over-unders and money lines and sort of that thing too. My favorite of the week is Miami at minus three and a half. And I was like looking at your EPA per play. This is like the biggest mismatch of the week for sure. Yeah. I don't know why they're just three and a half. I know they're on the road, and I know Detroit's getting a little healthier, but Miami is just literally across the board. Maybe DeAndre Swift is a better running back, but do running backs matter in the spread? Not really. They're just miles ahead of a better team. Maybe not, you know, that Detroit offensive line, decent. I just think Miami has the ability to post big plays to be able to run Raheem Mostert. Uh, I know you like his prop. We'll get to in just a second for 20-plus carries if they get up and do that reasonably effectively against the Detroit defense. So the three and a half of them, this is one of my favorite spread bets of the week. Uh, pretty much, you know, I like, uh, I did bet one of yours once I saw it on the show sheet. We'll talk about one of those in just a second. But Miami for me is my favorite uh, without question. Do you like their chances being the the road favorite uh, in Detroit this week? Yeah, I mean, the, the double-edged sword for the Lions, I mean, their defense hasn't looked good at any point this year. I mean, still dead last in scoring. And just, again, the offense, six points and eight quarters of football. Like, okay, Jared Goff, when everything's perfect around him, he can be, the, you know, the guy that enables a pretty solid offense. And we saw that in the first five weeks when they were uh, the top-ranked scoring offense in the league. But that's just, again, it's one of those things where we haven't really seen the Seahawks come back to earth yet, but Detroit so far standing out as the more fraudulent <laughs> offense of the first six weeks of the season. So I will say it's kind of like a, I mean, if Detroit loses this one too, I mean, one in freaking, uh, what they're going to be one in six at that point. So you could argue Detroit has far more, you know, just on the line in this one. But again, for it to be uh, maybe by that half point, but I don't know. I, I definitely think Miami's going to win. Uh, and I want to know too, it looks like Ryan Tannehill did not practice on Friday. I'd love to see Malik Willis. Yeah, well, we'll have to throw him into the mix here too uh, and see. What's he cost? Like five? Uh, probably He's probably a little bit more than Ellinger, who is the 4K on DraftKings. What is he? Uh, he's 5K, he's got, yeah. Yeah, he's got to be five. I play Ellinger probably. probably. Still, go, still go Ellinger. But, yeah, I mean, Malik Willis, just in terms of if you guys, you know, I know I, I know we're talking DFS, but if you are in a season long or two, just looking at what we saw from him in the preseason, just how willing he's going to be to run, I would say right now, like, I'd, be, I'd play Malik Willis probably over Stafford, Mariota. Oh, yeah, without question. Probably even Russell Wilson, man. I think you can look at Malik Willis very similar to Justin Fields. The difference is he's facing the freaking, uh, you know, who's he got this week? He's facing the Texans this week. So Fields versus Malik Willis is very close. So tentatively, I'd say QB 14 about for Malik Willis. Just don't take away my Derrick Henry rushes because I need that <laughs> 98 and a half yards on Derrick Henry. I didn't make the show, but I do need that one. Uh, all right, what are a couple games you were looking at this week from a spread perspective? Clean sweep last week. Jets, Seahawks, Chiefs, great day to be great. Guys, over 500, 10-8-1 on the year, so feeling good there. I'm going to take the Bears plus 10. I don't think this Cowboys offense has looked good at all uh, really throughout this season, but also specifically in the seven quarters we've seen Dak and company. I know it's a small sample size, but it isn't the same dominant offensive line. We got Noah Brown and Zeke banged up. As awesome as Tony Pollard is and as much as I think he'll put up some numbers, I'm just not convinced that the Cowboys are in the business of blowing these teams out right now they haven't been getting it done with these big offensive efforts this year so yeah i think their defense is going to mostly shut down this bears team but man even like 17 10 you know just a score something along those lines i think 10 points is a lot and it's moved up a bunch like from opening at seven so the bears like give them some respect man they just went into new england and completely blew out the patriots and they're not really even getting any sort of bump on that justin fields has been playing better for the last three four weeks and hey the one thing that has made the cowboys defense look a little human has been in their shoddy run defense. So I do think Fields, Montgomery, Herbert, they do have a chance to have a bit more offensive uh, success than, you know, we're expecting this week. I know week low implied 16 and a half point total. That combined with the Cowboys offense, I definitely think is closer to good than great right now. 
10 points is too much for me. I will also be taking the Raiders, or my, yeah, Raiders minus one and a half over the Saints. I just think when you look at the Saints team, their defense is really bad. Andy Dalton has found a way to keep them productive, but as we saw, not that all those picks were on him last week, but this still is an offense that's not exactly, uh, you know, in the business of taking the best care of the football, regardless of who is under center. So Raiders, they have been a little bit inconsistent this year. That said, this is a team that took the Chiefs down to one point. They've really gotten back to run the football, even with Devontae Adams going through the flu game. I think they're going to be able to put up plenty of points here. So only one and a half. I'm cool with that. I will be changing Titans two and a half if we get uh, Malik Willis actually out there because I would worry about his actual real life ability to, you know, cover that spread. So right now, if Tannehill is out there and supposedly close to 100%, I would take the Titans two and a half. Otherwise, Britt, I will uh, change that to your Dolphins three and a half because you know what? I think you bring up a a lot of good points. All right. Uh, Again, guys, please click the like and subscribe button if you are watching live. I know most of you probably watch this or listen to it on the podcast feed after the show, uh, but we do appreciate if you can click that like button. Uh, it helps other people find this great content. Uh, the other props, well, not props, other bets I'm on this week. So I, I got some money line bets along with a spread bet. I've like combined them in to get something that's basically an even money bet. That, that That's good enough for me, for the people. So I'm taking the Bills and the Eagles money line. These I don't know. I, Ian, I, I don't see these teams losing this week unless something really strange happens. And strange things have really been happening in the NFL this year. These are the two best teams against two. I think the Packers are one of the worst teams in the league right now, and uh, the Steelers just can't really do much on offense. And they've been limiting a little bit on defense, uh, but I, I just think these are the two best teams. The, what I'm adding to those, so I had the the Dolphins minus three and a half. What I've done is I've taken the Dolphins plus three and a half to add it to that parlay to give myself a little bit of leeway just in case something strange happens in that game. So you add that three and a half into those two teams' money lines. It gets you to very close to an even money bet. So go find the alternate spread on that Miami game. Add it to the Bills and the Eagles. Get yourself, uh, I think it was like minus 110 to an even money bet out there. Love that for this week. Uh, Look ahead. I always like these. Uh, The Vikings are minus two and a half. They're at Washington, but like this, this seems a little low. So if you were looking for a look ahead line, that is one. I always like looking at these. That's one I've looked at for next week already. I bet uh, I see... very few ways this goes against us. And if Minnesota somehow manhandles Arizona, which Arizona really wasn't a great team until DeAndre Hopkins came back, there's certainly ways this can move to three, three and a half, four, et cetera. And again, I don't really see many ways it can move against us. I had that with the 49ers last week, right? They were minus one and a half on the look ahead line. They got smoked by the Chiefs sitting right there at minus one and a half. It hasn't really moved. So if it goes the way you hope it to, I think we can get some uh, line movement in our favor on that one. All right, moving to the props. Uh, I've got three and then I'm waiting on one. Normally I have two, but uh, just some props are so good. The first one I'm going to mention is the Kenneth Walker. We already talked about that in your article, right? The yards before contact, the explosive plays, everything's pointing to Kenneth Walker explosion game. Uh, He was 80 and a half yards on Bet Rivers. Now, I have access to Bet Rivers here in New York. Some of you may or may not. He's 82 and a half at all the other books. I'd still bet that. Take some alternates, 100, 125, whatever you can get on. I think he could have a massive day. I've laddered him all the way up. That's one of my favorite bets of the week. Uh, And I got a couple others. I'm going to let you prop in here and uh, talk about some of yours while I see if some of these have popped up at any other sports books. I checked these earlier this morning. I'm hoping DraftKings and FanDuel have opened up uh, a couple other lines. Three I like this week. So I, I haven't seen Chris Olave's receiving yard line just yet because I think they're still just waiting for Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry to get ruled out. But man, anything in the 60s or low 70s, I will be taking the over on that just in a matchup against the Raiders defense that really bottom eight, you know, yards per attempt, explosive pass play rate, QB rating on targets to wide receivers. So again, secondary that really hasn't been impressive at all uh, this year. Good front seven. But I think Olave will continue to have plenty of success right there. You can also get plus 175 anytime touchdown over at Caesars. Uh, Raheem Mostert over 83 and a half rushing and receiving yards. Let's make sure he's fine on the final injury report. I know he popped up with a limited practice yesterday. So assuming he's going into this game healthy and to be fair, he came in a couple of weeks ago with a knee injury and was questionable even being called like a game time decision, played his usual workload. They are really just letting Raheem Mostert do whatever, man. He's been returning kicks all season. So I am confident he's going to go out there, continue to get that 65, 70% snap rate and flirt 15 to 20 touches 
Packers against a very beatable Lions defense. So Mostert, again, over 83.5 total yards. You can get that at minus 115 at DraftKings. Also, Alvin Kamara, you can get over 38.5 receiving yards, minus 110 at DraftKings. Similar to Alave, we don't quite have the uh, actual reception prop yet, so I wouldn't be against uh, going over and trying to get that as well. If it's at 5.5, take the over because with Andy Dalton under center, man, three games now, six catches, six catches, seven catches, and the yards have been at 95, 25, and 56. So Kamara's at four and a half receptions on draft. Oh my gosh. I'm literally betting that right. I just I'm, I'm looking at that. I'm betting that right now. So. That's wild, man. Again, because <laughs> this happens sometimes where I don't think they're really t- fully adjusting for this difference of Jameis versus Dalton uh, under center. And with these wide receivers still out, like there's no one else to really fill up those underneath areas uh, in the offense. So yeah, Kamara over four and a half. I when I was writing this out, Brett, we have you know we're prepared. We got our show sheet here. Uh, uh, Where's the five and a half line? Give me the plus odds. Well, that's what I was about to say. Like I almost wrote down like four and a half or five and a half, and I was like, no, come on, it's not going to be a four and a half man wow that's wild we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, a couple other ones. I just checked through the FanDuel. It doesn't even have a props up for a lot of sites at this point. Shame. So the one that seems almost too good to be true for me is it's on Caesars. Uh, it's the Colts' starting quarterback, Ellinger. He's at 21 and a half rush yards again, and I don't, I don't understand this. They put him in there Sheesh. to, to yeah, you know, like this is <laughs> this, this is going to be like 35 or 40 if he has a has a good game. You know, massive runner in college. They've brought him in to completely change the offense. The statues of Matt Ryan. They didn't go to Nick Foles because he's you know sort of the Matt Ryan clone. So they brought him in to try to save the season. And they're going to run the ball with them. It's pretty obvious that this is what they're going to do. They're going to try a different offense to be all these cover two schemes that are sort of lowering the scoring across the league. Matt Ryan can't do it. Their offensive line is not good enough. They're bringing in Ellinger to mix it up. 21 and a half on Caesars. It was like minus 137. So like you got to pay the juice, but whatever. This I, To me, this, this feels like free money to me. So this is one of my favorite ones of the week. Uh, absolutely go get that. And if, DraftKings or FanDuel put it like 23 and a half at minus 115 or 110. I will go bet some more on that one. So does, he rush, lo- does he have a rush attempt prop? Uh, I did not see that yet. No. Okay. I was going to say, because I, I just, I'm with you. I think he's going to get double digit, probably carries uh, in this game. I don't understand I was- the, 20, the 21 and a half seems like crazy. That's definitely, I, I haven't even put that on scores and odds. I found that right before the show as I was going through. So go get that right now. That just opened up on Caesars. If you're listening to it live, you have access to a sports book, my favorite one of the week. Uh, another one, I've already put this up on scores and odds. That's the sports betting app here at Roto-Grinders. Uh, it's Justin Fields over 47 and a half rush yards. So what really caught my eye on this one is all season long prior to the New England game, they called 10 design run or 14 design runs for Justin Fields. In the New England game, they called 10 design runs for Justin Fields alone, right? So they this was an offensive philosophy change. There's no way they don't do this again. They just trounced the Patriots. And I know it's the Bears, but Ian, even the Bears might be smart enough to let Justin Fields run a little bit more after work so good against the Well, Patriots. this is – and look what happened. Every time they were trying to drop back, he was under constant pressure. You think that's yeah, going to get better be against Michael Parsons? So, look, they're going to do exactly what the Eagles did, I think. They're going to continue to just run a ton of read option, quick hit and stuff that tries to make Parsons the read guy in every play because Lord knows you can't block the dude. Yeah, so I love the Justin Fields, 47 and a half. And he's hit 47 or more. So he's hit 47 twice. 
So, I mean, give me the half yard on the prop. Sure. With the new look offense, he's hit 47, five out of seven games already this year. So well, that one's looking pretty juicy. And then the, the books, they're scared, Ian, to give us Tony Pollard. I don't care what the – if this dude isn't in the three digits, I'm hitting the over. I don't care what it is. Whenever Tony Pollard comes out, I'm hitting the over against the Bears. Uh, I know you like the Bears the as the spread. I'm okay with that. But the Tony Pollard prop, they're scared. I'm waiting for it. It comes out. I don't care what it is. I'm hitting it on the over. I expect Pollard to have a big game this week. Yeah, I mean, look, he's going to be featured, and that is the one thing about the Kellen Moore Cowboys offense. Like this year and for portions of last year, especially after Zeke got hurt, they've been more willing to do this 60-40, even like 60-50 with, you know, more pony personnel and stuff like that between Zeke and Pollard. But really before last year, I mean, this really wasn't usually an offense with Zeke playing 70, 80, sometimes even 90% of the offensive snaps. The one game we did see Zeke miss against the 49ers a couple years ago, Pollard went right in there and had that 90% snap every down roll. So I really think that's about to be put on his plate. And from that standpoint, it's like, all right, you're getting one of the more efficient running backs in football, getting 20-plus touches. Sign me up. I can just see this. Be, they're going to open at like 70 and a half or something. They're gonna, it's going to be so long. It's going to be salty. <laughs> all right, that's going to do it for the props and sports betting section. Let's jump into DFS. Uh, so quarterback, maybe it's getting a little more interesting with Malik Willis. So we generally talk DraftKings. Tannehill's too. questionable, to be fair. It's not confirmed. Yeah, and I know yet, Tannehill can play without practicing. That's yeah. certainly – they like Tannehill enough to, to do something like that. Good, so man. we'll have to see how that goes. But DraftKings on FanDuel, Ellinger is 6500 So he's not really in play over there. But he's the minimum price, 4K on DraftKings. This would have been great if – one, he wasn't a quarterback because then I could, you know, and Josh Allen, I could play like him and Josh Allen, but I can't play Josh Allen because he's not on the slate. If there was like guys you absolutely wanted to play that were high priced and there wasn't a lot of value, there's a lot of, you know, mid-tier running back value. So you don't need Ellinger, but the lineup you put together with him does look pretty good from a cash game perspective. If you don't play him, I'm looking at Tua against the Lions too. He looks pretty safe. It's the Lions. He's going to have a, a reasonably good game. Hill or Waddle could take it to the house on any given play. Those are probably the two guys I'm looking at. You could, of course, spend up to Jalen Hurts, but is he really going to need one? The, the Eagles haven't really been doing anything in the second half in all games. And is he really even going to need to do much in the second half? I don't know. To me, I'm spending two is probably the max. And honestly, Ellinger with the rushing floor, I mean – the Blitz is projecting him very high. The Roto-Grinders projections are projecting him pretty high. It's not because of his passing, Ian. It's because of the floor he gives you is rushing. And if that gets you everything else you want on your team, because we don't have the Josh Allens, the Patrick Mahomes, et cetera, this week, I think I'm okay with it. And that's why I don't want to get up to Tua, man. He has 16 total rushing yards this season. Everyone holds their breath every time he takes off now. And I'm sure they talked to him last week about lowering his shoulder twice. And, you know, yeah, hey, we all saw the Ravens game. That was awesome. Let's face it, man. Tua has been excellent for about two quarters of football this season. I mean, last week, it's like some of these national media people just didn't watch him throw four should have could have would have picks right off of Steelers chest and yeah I don't know it was rainy out there it just I don't know man even the Bengals and Bills games like in the Patriots game he's been fine but it's not like he's putting up the sort of numbers to just warrant this sort of exposure or this sort of heightened ownership because man again zero rushing and we don't have that much evidence of him even putting together the big passing performances so we'll see i think sam ellinger at 4k again it's just so hard to get away from it with everything else you're uh, able to do in the lineup so i'm with you with sam ellinger there i like going right above to a in a tournament so the dak prescott mentioned this before but without zeke i don't think they're going to feel the need to run as much as they have been maybe the bears can keep things a little bit competitive and even though they will be running the football as we saw in the mismatch manifesto, that pace between both teams might be high enough to actually keep things somewhat in first gear throughout the entire game. Or actually, no, we went third gear. I'm a freaking – I drive auto, so I'm messing up my, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> messing up my car uh, metaphors. But, yeah, Dak Prescott, I think, makes a lot of sense. Uh, then, yeah, Daniel Jones and Wandale, I understand uh, you mentioned. What, what is uh, – are, are we on red for the weather watch in Seattle? Yeah, Seattle. So we got – what do we got? It's like uh, – it's Seattle. Picture Seattle weather is what Roth wrote, and it's it, that's what it is this week. Okay, all right. So 
With that said, you don't need to stack Daniel Jones with anybody necessarily. If you're going to, it's Wandale Robinson because his low average target depth would be the one guy that can seemingly get through in an environment like this. I'm basically looking at Wandale Robinson as like Curtis Samuel in a better overall offensive uh, environment at this point. So it's getting up there, man. I thought uh, people, you know, I'm the, uh, the, the, the old waiver wire pickups made people freaking out a little bit uh, when he was out there. But at the end of the day, I mean, obviously, Kadarius Tony isn't coming back and taking anything at this point. So just having someone like that, and then it's I don't expect Daniel Jones to play quite this well the rest of the season, but we got to take our hats off to him for the time being. And if there is going to be someone in this passing game that can give us some sort of consistency, especially in full PPR, it's going to be the guy that's catching passes within five yards of the line of scrimmage. Dables turned Daniel Jones into a poor man's Josh, a really poor man's Josh Allen. Hey, <laughs> like, man, like that, <laughs> a really that, poor was, man. that was always one of the talks in the offseason about maybe making Daniel Jones, you know, your favorite like third quarterback. And, you know, when you're playing uh, best ball or whatever, because Daniel Jones, to be fair, I mean, the stat everyone couldn't keep out of their mouths after his rookie year. Only Lamar Jackson had more 30 plus point fantasy games. And even last year, before he got that concussion against Dallas, I want to say he had three top 12 uh, fantasy weeks within the first four weeks. So, hey, and to be fair, man, like we give a lot of quarterbacks uh, passes for not having wide receivers and having injured wide receivers and stuff. And Daniel Jones never really seems to get those. So he really has, uh, to be fair, cut down his turnovers. And, hey, only 18th ranked scoring offense. But, again, look look who he's throwing to. Even Daniel Bellinger now is, you know, hopefully not losing a freaking eye out there. So, yeah, making the most out of it. Good for Daniel Jones. All right, let's go to running back. So Tony Pollard, cash game lock if Zeke's out. Everybody's going to play that. He's going to be like 90-plus percent in your cash games. There will be some people paying the rake this week, not playing him. Make sure you're one of the people that plays Tony Pollard. All right, Ian, outside of that, there is a pretty wide swath of – I'll even say like from the Josh Jacobs tier down because J- Jacobs is just an absolute workhorse right now. We've got Jacobs. We've got Kenneth Walker. You've got uh, Dante Foreman, who is just like, if you need a cheaper running back, he's no. looking like he, yeah, no, no on that Come one. On. You've Come got on. Uh, Stevenson season RB1, if he's going to get all the passing down work and Harris is, I think maybe Harris was probably a little bit more banged up last week, but if he's going to get all that receiving work along with the carries, he's looking pretty juicy. Who do we go to after we lock in Tony Pollard this week? Cause there is a, a wide variety or do you, do you just play Derrick Henry because he's going to get 102 touchdowns? Do you play Saquon Barkley because he's going to get 25 touches and just pay the salary for those guys? To me, it's it's like there's some pretty tough decisions at the running back spot. I think I'm more willing to pay up at wide receiver this week just because like the differences between guys like Jacobs and like Barkley and Ramondre Stevenson, who we saw last week with Damon Harris back in the picture. And guess what? Still 80% plus snaps with that three down workload that really just lends itself so well to full PPR like DraftKings. Again, his ability to catch five plus passes during any given game. It helps him out. If this Patriots offense keeps on playing back, guess what? Stevenson's going to be fine because he's just getting more and more check down. So Stevenson is 6.4 and Kenneth Walker at 6. 6.5. I think those are the guys that right now fitting in my lineup. I do like the best. So the only problem with Foreman, man, again, we're all happy about the Panthers just beating the Buccaneers. Like it was 21 to three. Okay. This isn't an offense that we should be expecting to actually be flirting with these upper end outcomes each and every week out there. And it's just a situation where like, you're not saving that much money on it. And just like a Panthers Falcons game, like if we can just stay away from everyone involved there, it's not going to be the greatest thing. I don't think it's a guarantee either that he's going to be just completely featured in this workhorse role. They were using Chuba and Foreman to more of a committee last week. And I believe uh, it's Blackshear or something as the uh, backup running back. So I think they're going to keep that guy involved as well. So Foreman, Hey, I, I certainly drafted a lot of him in the final round of my best ball draft. So I'm, I'm hoping I'm wrong here. Just, I think that uh, we have a guy who's not guaranteed guaranteed to catch many passes at all in an offense that I'm not expecting to score many touchdowns. So I will happily let someone uh, eat that chalk there. We can go save some money at tight end and defense and other places. All right. I want to talk to you on Damian Pierce, who, you know, the Titans, you beat them through the air, not the ground. They have the, what, looking at PFF, the fifth highest. They got flamed, yeah. They got flamed by Saquon in week one. They've been awesome ever since on. on yeah. So is, are we, is this Brandon Cooks week finally, or is Brandon Cooks week never going to exist because Mills is his quarterback? Do you, I just I have a little bit of caution on Pierce. I know he's getting all the workload, but to me, this seems like right. Derrick Henry goes nuclear. Pierce maybe not as many rush attempts. They have to throw a little bit more, which is fine for a, a little bit of PPR. He doesn't get all of it for his team though. 
I'm, I'm a little bit more down on Pierce than I think the industry is this week. I just think those other guys are safer, Pollard, Stevenson, and uh, Walker. Like, I just, I'm more confident in those offenses than I am with whatever the hell is going on in Houston. Again, I say it every week like, organization just seemingly hasn't done anything right in two or three years, with all due respect to Brandon Cooks, usually getting his. And nowadays, it's just like, oh, yeah, Damian Pierce, though. Like, ignore all these other mishaps we've had, but look at this fourth round running back we give 20 plus touches to every single week. But look what happened last week, you know, for them to go out there and really start falling behind. 52% snaps for Damian. Now they found a way to get him 24 combined carries and targets. But yeah, they will pull him off the field for Rex Burkhead or Dario Gubalale when they get down on the scoreboard, which isn't a guarantee to happen this week. I know the Titans are, you know, only two and a half point favorites. Uh, I just think, though, again, this is a 20th ranked PFF offensive line run blocking grade, 28th ranked scoring offense. Credit to Pierce for having these games where he is just making the most out of it anyway. But I don't like betting on players in terrible situations behind bad offensive lines who, again, just need to be kind of superhuman to go get there. So I'll take just the better overall options this week over Pierce and, again, Deontay Foreman. All right, from a tournament at the running back perspective, right? if you don't play Tony Pollard one, you're going to be doing half – something different than half the field. We have Pollard projected literally at 50% for something like the Millie Maker on DraftKings this week. I'm going to throw it because of that. There are some really good dudes who have sub 10% ownership. Ian. I'm going to throw some names at you. You give me maybe your two favorite ones. These are all guys projected to be sub 10% owned on a Friday afternoon. Saquon Barkley, Ooh. Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, Christian McCaffrey, any of these guys can just absolutely destroy the slate and no one's going to be playing them because the mid tier is so strong. This is how you throw one of these guys in your tournament lineup this week, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Derrick Henry, his last three games against the Texans, he's <laughs> gone for 211, 212, and 250 rushing yards with freaking seven total Wait, touchdowns. did you say 200 or 100? 200 on all those. <laughs> oh, this was his last I'm, three. He didn't even get to play them last year. So, look. Where's the alt lines? It's one of those things where I'm not saying because of Henry's big performances in 2020, you need to play him in 2022. But, hey, in 2022, he's got four straight games with over 130 total yards. He is the engine of this offense. Even if Malik Willis is in there for Tannehill, if anything, that's just going to help the big dog's efficiency. They have been willing to throw him more screens uh, this year as well. So, Derrick Henry, the fact that this is, you know, just a contrarian play at this point because of all the value uh, just makes it fantastic. I mean, again, we we talk about this almost every week, Britt. Like, yeah, one of the first questions is, like, is Derrick Henry going to be chalk? Okay, we have a discussion to take. And if he's not, all right, let's get behind it in tournaments. Also talked about the DeAndre Swift call earlier. Love that as long as he is back. I think you can make a similar argument. I thought you could make a similar argument for James Conner at 6.1K, but it looks like he had a DMP on Friday. So, you know, Benjamin, someone that could potentially be back into the fold as well. Finally, I would just say Miles Sanders, kind of like Swift, where he's in that range with a lot of other running backs, getting a lot of other ownership. And at the end of the day, he's a touchdown home favorite, set to see 15 to 20 touches versus a beatable Steelers defense. I don't think it'd be the wildest thing to look up, you know, and see he found the end zone a couple of times. It was kind of how we got into Zeke last week, uh, who gave us those scores as well. And I think we had another good uh and also aaron jones even though and they end up falling behind so yeah miles sanders this week i think also stands out as an underpriced guy with still plenty of touches in a winnable matchup all right let's go to wide receiver who are some wide receivers we can look at in the cash game perspective uh from what i'm looking at least on rotor grinders if you do the cheap quarterback and the mid-tier running backs you can spend on a guy like tyreek hill who's getting just an absolutely massive target share right now. He's got 13, 15, 7, 14, uh, and four targets one game, and then 13 and 12. So at least 12 targets in five of his seven games. That looks pretty juicy from a floor, let alone his ability to break a big play against the Lions defense. Uh, and also the DJ Moore, is DJ Moore week? Is this the official breakout week for DJ Moore ownership last week? If you played him, it worked out good. Now it looks like everybody's going to be on him. Is that chalk worth eating? I think, yeah, I think those two and DeAndre Hopkins are going to be our big three on the week. First of all, it just doesn't make sense that Tyreek is 1,100 cheaper than Cooper Cup. I mean, I would take Tyreek's points over Cooper Cup straight up this week. So the fact we can get that discount, I am all good with that. And yeah, you see those targets, man. I love the uh, next-gen charts they do where they show the route running. And like Tyreek Hills, like I just, that would be the most stressful guy to game plan forever if you're a defensive coordinator, the, uh, the way Mike McDaniel keeps him running all over the formation. So with you on Tyreek and with DeAndre Hopkins, his price 
price moved up, but not enough, man. So 14 targets last week. That was the most he's had since his Cardinals debut. Looks perfectly fine. I don't know what PEDs were he was taking. Seemed to do their job, and now he's, uh, you know, playing like he's 25 again, seemingly. So we'll see if that keeps up. But it's a very beatable Vikings secondary. I mean, you really want to talk about a veteran that's washed up. He is Vikings quarterback one, Patrick Peterson, at this point. So Hopkins, Tyreek, and I am okay going down to DJ Moore because there's two things that have really changed for DJ Moore in this matchup that weren't the case in the first five, six weeks of the season. The first is no Robbie Anderson or Christian McCaffrey. Robbie Anderson legit out-targeted DJ Moore two years ago. You guys, I know national consensus, my consensus, Brit's consensus, DJ Moore is for sure a way better player than Robbie, but the Panthers really didn't move the targets around that much in DJ's favor. So when you take him out of the picture, and then McCaffrey, who, hey, Incredible for fantasy managers, but I maintain you can see this in the, with the Los Angeles Chargers as well with Austin Eckler. It's not the most efficient passing game in the world when you're consistently checking down to a running back like that versus actually looking deep downfield like PJ Walker's willing to do. So DJ Moore's volume is better than ever. Miss Falcon secondary, man. Casey Hayward already on IR. AJ Terrell now going to miss this game with a hamstring injury. They got some safeties banged up as well. I just think DJ Moore is the volume and the matchup for us to get behind him at just what 50 freaking 300. So you tell me DJ Moore is for whatever reason Woods, who hasn't had a top 24 finish all season. Give me DJ this week in the dome against the Falcons defense. We've seen him burn many a time. Uh, all right. From a tournament perspective, I'm just going to throw a couple of names out. Um, I did like, uh, if you just like PPR DraftKings scoring, maybe not so much FanDuel, but uh, Wandale Robinson. I mean, this dude was a target machine and slowly got injured a little bit in that game last week. And if he's going to be on pace to get – double-digit targets from Daniel Jones against Seattle. This looks like a, a pretty juicy spot. If if he happens to find the end zone, he could certainly find his way at 4.7 onto a tournament team that has a, a high likelihood being up near the top. I think he's interesting. And then another, like an absolute dart throw. I'm looking at the targets Chase Claypool's getting over the past couple of weeks since uh, Kenny Pickett's taken over. And another of these little short targets, but – like they're going to have to throw it presumably against Philadelphia. So if you are playing like a, a Hertz Sanders, AJ Brown onslaught or Dallas Goddard or something like that, Claypool, is, you know, or Pickens are probably one of the two guys you might want to run it back with, or just throw those guys in there as a one-off. Hopefully those are, that's the guy that catches the garbage time touchdown, gets a lot of targets in the second half. Just like a, a dart throw on on one of those two Steelers wide receivers are, are just a couple of things I'm looking at to do a little bit different this week. No, I, I think you're right. And that matchup, again, was popping a lot of the stuff with the mismatch manifesto. So just bringing back an Eagle stack with one of those guys. Hey, by the way, we did get word that James Conner is out. Britt. I don't think, you know, Benjamin's going to get any ownership right there, only $100 cheaper than Tony Pollard. We could actually have a 70% snap Cardinals running back. Offense looking a little bit better. Really not even have to worry about it. So I think our cash lineup is fine. Enos and how, how much is – so Eno's 6K. Let's just go – we got we got about five minutes left, then we got to get out here. So real quick, Eno's 6K. Eno or Kenneth Walker for 500 more? I'll still take Walker, but I think Eno's going to be a great tournament play. That's what I'm saying. All right, uh, Eno or Stevenson for four 400 more. I hear you. I'm sticking with our current cash lineup. I'm saying oh, Eno uh, in hey, tournaments. Listen, I'm just throwing a couple of names. I want to <laughs> get down here on the record. I also would agree. I'm not as high on Stevenson as I think some of the other people are. That Jets defense has been playing pretty good. Yeah. Um, so so he's one I would be looking to not play, and I might play like an Eno. I would definitely, I'm all in on Kenneth Walker for sure. He's someone I have no problem He's going to be 20% owned in tournaments, playing 40, 50, 60%. He's going nuclear yet again this week. Okay. Uh, all right. Any, any wide receivers from a GPP perspective before we get to tight end? Yeah, just real quick. Again, as we say every week with the roster construction, uh, like this week, it, there's just so much value in the 5 to 6K range. They're going to get up to Tyreek and Hopkins maybe a little bit, but we talked about McCaffrey, Henry, and Saquon, you know, really just being guys that are going to be going under own Jonathan Taylor and Dalvin Cook as well. And we're seeing that at the very top of the wide receiver scale. I mean, Cup, Jefferson, Adams, maybe it isn't Tyreek Hill week. Maybe he has another, you know, seven catches for 60 yards instead of for, you know, 160. So I do think any time you have Cooper Cup against a 49ers defense, 
defense that he has just torched over their past four games in these past two years. You know, it's not sexy to say, oh, yeah, I think Copper Jefferson could have a big week. But, hey, they are up there. And accordingly, if you want to go with more of a rags and riches uh, roster construction, I do think that makes sense in tournaments. Some cheap guys that you can just throw extreme darts at. Terrence Marshall, 3.5K full-time role. It's kind of a nice pivot off the DJ Moore chalk as well. I know. I don't think he's good either. But, again, we're trying to you know have that one lineup out of a million. Maybe he can get you there. Marquise Goodwin, 4.4K. Coming off of two touchdowns, it doesn't look like DK Metcalf is going to be out there. Believe in our Lord and Savior, Geno Smith. I know that weather's going to be iffy, so I do like the Wandale Robinson call. If I had to take a wide receiver from that game, I do lean Wandale. But, again, full on tournament mode and we're going back to about well, michael gallup Britt. we got a banged up noah brown coming off the goose egg kellen moore said it can't happen we got to get him more involved again i like the idea of going dak cd and potentially michael gallup in a game where everyone's gonna be so fixated on tony pollard that this passing offense is gonna go very under road yeah just from a theory of game theory perspective of fading pollard in a lineup for the cowboys passing game is like Net positive, I think, in the long run uh, from these large field tournaments. All right, let's get to tight end real quick. A pretty gross position is really gross this week because, one, there's no Travis Kelsey and there's no Mark Andrews, and Mark Andrews has been horrible for the past two weeks playing injured. Uh, I'm looking – like, I am dumpster diving this week into the low end. Uh, Noah Noah Kant, uh, Noah Fant is like someone we're looking at. I I don't even care. This is the last position I'm playing – I'm filling in this week. Last week it was quarterback. This week it's definitely tight end. There's like four or five guys sub 4K you can play. If you want to play Tyler Higby and hope he continues getting targets, even though Van Jefferson is probably back a little bit for the Rams. We'll see how that works for that offense. You could play Higby, but I'm going even cheaper. Irv Smith, Noah Fant. Uh, who are some other guys uh, I was looking at? Let's see here. Who did I write down? I think Higby uh, could be a trap play. We're, we're, look, yeah, he's I'm, had, not on, I'm not on Higby. Personally. He's had two big like five-game stretches in his career where he's had all these targets and put up these numbers, and they've also been like the worst Sean McVay stretches. Their offense is not going in the direction they want it to be going when Higby is getting force-fed targets like this. So I really do think we're going to see a different direction out of that group coming out of the bye. I agree with Noah Fan 2.8K. Britt, I almost want to play like Sunday to Monday cash just so I can put Harrison Bryant for the Browns in there at mm-hmm. just 2.5K with Njoku out. Because you're right, it's disgusting. There's like, no why one. Not even, why not Jawan Johnson? He's 3,200 and he's like, who else is going to catch the ball? It's Alvin Kamara. It's Olave. Yeah. And then there's two tutties, there's two tutties no- last week. So yeah, I like, want fine. Um, why not take a shot on that? Like I, yeah. I'm okay playing that. Like, Mike Jasicki on the trade block. Maybe we get a showcase. That's always a tough one for me. Cause like, you know, are they going to showcase or they get put in bubble wrap because they're on the trade block. We kind of saw James Robinson get the latter treatment uh, potentially last week. So with that said, Mike Jasicki is someone that we have seen the reps coming up and he is going to be the one member of this passing game that we all agree is going to be putting up a bunch of points that no one really is on it. So he is pretty cheap himself, just 3.8 K. And then also I will say if we get no Debo, no Debo Samuel, excuse me, George Kittle, still just 5.7 K. We know, he always has the potential to blow things up. And, you know, when people aren't willing to pay that much at tight end, again, might be a week to get just a little bit different and go that route. All right. That's going to wrap it up for the week eight edition of the Pro Football Focus Show. Wait for those Tony Pollard props. Hit the over. The sports books are scared. I'm going to be looking for those. Other than that, everybody have a good week eight. Uh, for Ian, I'm Britt. Thanks for watching, everybody. And we out, Jeff. <laughs>